Welcome to episode 55 of the Avatar Hour podcast, your ultimate companion podcast to the world of Avatar. I'm Caleb. And I'm Andre. And today we are recapping the Avatar Universe comic book, Suki Alone. Just a heads up, there are some cautionary spoilers for Avatar The Last Airbender, The Legend of Korra, both of the Kyoshi novels, as well as Katara and the Pirate Silver comic book. So Andre, how are we doing today? Doing pretty good. Our spoiler list is getting very long as we keep uh, watching and reading things. Um, <laughs> and I say we say cautionary because we may or may not mm-hmm. have spoilers for any of those things. So yeah. if you haven't seen any of those things and you don't want to get spoiled, then I'd probably skip this episode. But if you have, welcome. But yeah, I'm doing pretty good. Fall has finally fell. Yes. Love that for us. As if we haven't already been celebrating it since like the beginning of September. I've got my flannel on. Like, you know, patrons can see it. Mm -hmm. Uh, Other people are wearing a nice red flannel today. And Uh, the weather has been surprisingly accommodating. Yes. Yes. It's been crisper out, if you could say. Like, I mean, fall is like, you know, it's fall spooky season when the gays are at their most powerful. So <laughs> I love this on on TikTok. They've got that autumn aesthetic filter and it just mm-hmm. makes everything look so gorgeous. And I'm really lucky because right outside my window, I have a tree and it's uh, right in the middle of changing colors. And it's just I love it. I love looking out as I'm working and just seeing fall, you know kind of happen and uh elvira just like came out to like being like in a 19 year relationship with a woman so the gays just keep winning for halloween oh really i didn't oh i didn't hear about that that's like one of the biggest gay news of the week how'd you miss that (laughs) i didn't i i don't know i I just missed it like elvira is queer she's one of us yes (laughs) (laughs) the gays have won spooky season it's now second pride month it's okay it is second pride month for real Anywho, things are good for me. I am, you know, just kind of trucking along, gradually approaching the last two weeks of my first round of classes for the semester. Mm-hmm. And then I started all over again for the second half of the semester. Yay. Um, but other than that, things are good, you know, just kind of getting already trying to plan out Halloween stuff. That stuff's important. You got to plan this stuff ahead of time. Mm-hmm. Never know what's going to happen. Group costumes fall apart like one. Like my group costume might fall apart because there's some f- f- drama going on mm. with other people that I'm just like, Jesus Christ, I just want to dress like SpongeBob. Like, <laughs> come on, guys. <laughs> I just want to dress like SpongeBob, guys. I come just want to do SpongeBob, please. <laughs> um, but my office costume has been picked out though, because like my office dresses up for Halloween, which I love. Mm-hmm. I'm just going to keep very simple and cheap because I'm spending money on things that I care more about than my office costume. Uh, so I'm sticking with, I'm doing Rosie the Riveter for my nice. office costume. I just need to get the polka dot, like, bandana for the for the mm-hmm. hair, and that's it. I have the coveralls already, like, so. Wow, okay. Yeah, All right. I'm prepared. Awesome. So, yeah, are you starting to plan your Halloween costumes yet? <sighs> right now, it's a matter of, I have things that I want to get. It's a matter of budget right now. Mm-hmm. Um. I'm I'm gonna I'm gonna worry about that once like October comes. I'm still like in decoration phase. So by the time yeah. October comes, all the decorations will have already been bought out, put out there all that stuff. So I just like thinking about this stuff ahead of time because that way I'm like, okay, it gives me mm-hmm. plenty of time to change my mind. It exactly. Yeah. Yeah. September is a lot of preparation. And then October yeah. I can spend on getting the costume together, doing like pumpkins and stuff and the fun exactly. Halloween stuff. So oh, I'm so excited for Halloween. 
Oh, case it hasn't been established already. <laughs> same girl, same. <laughs> All oh, right. Yes. So again, we don't have any uh, Avatar news this week. We have speculative stuff, but again, we're gonna wait for more official stuff to come out. So without further ado, let's get into Suki alone. So this is the second comic book um, that we are covering, and it seems to be following the theme of insert character name alone um, that we've had in Avatar and Korra. Well, I keep referring to Appa's Lost Days as Appa alone. Appa so. alone. Yeah, I remember that. <laughs> that's, that's the name now. We're just we're, forget Appa's Lost Days. It's too much to remember. It's Appa alone it's, now. It's Appa alone. It might as well be. I'm pretty sure if, if Zuko alone wasn't like a title of the episode in the same season, I'm pretty sure they would have called it Appa alone. Yeah. Um. But yeah, so let's just get right into it. Um. It's about 80, 80 pages or so. So we're going to split it up. 40 pages for me, 40 pages for Kayla. We start out um, in a Fire Nation camp uh, with Azula sending off Suki to the Boiling Rock. She taunts Suki, asking if she has a message to send to that boy with the boomerang, referring to Sokka, so she can tell him how desperate she is to be rescued, to which the warrior responds that she does not need anyone to rescue her. So, at this, I I had a question just, like, like in terms of the continuity. I don't really know where the the timeline of this is obviously we we kind of know by the end of the comic book but it's hard to kind of discern how long this how many weeks or months this comic book sort of like covers how does azula know about sokka and suki's relationship i think obviously i think her and sokka have already quote-unquote met Mm -hmm. um like in the chase episode i'm pretty sure that that happens before this how Mm -hmm. do we know how does Azula know about Sokka and Suki's relationship, do you think? I don't know, honestly. Um uh, sure she has tendrils in different places that picks up stuff, so I don't know. If when in the see- show does does Azula kind of I mean, could we say like in the like the season two finale kind of? I don't know. It's just Maybe. a it's just a question that I had. Yeah. Um I, I, I don't have any answers. <laughs> <laughs> she just so, does. Uh, Azula waves her off saying she's off to destroy her friends and she sends Suki off and um, I also love that the dialogue seems to be pretty consistent with what Azula would say I, mm-hmm. <laughs> like it's very easy to to hear her you know hear you great know, in, Lyle's voice exactly know. yeah um, so as Suki arrives she recalls a memory from her childhood one of many that we get in this book on Kiyoshi Island with her friend Mingja they spy on the then Kiyoshi warriors as they train and meditate in a clearing. Uh, and then Suki says that one day she will be just like them. Ming Zha reveals a pan of steamed buns that she's stolen uh, from the kitchens for them to eat until Yaji, who we met in the Warrior of Kiyoshi's episode, asks them if they've seen the buns. Suki lies and says they haven't, and Yaji is visibly disappointed and sends Zuki, Suki and her friends to scrub the kitchen as punishment. Suki and Mingxia glance at each other and say sisters forever. Can I also just say, while I was writing this uh, portion of the recap, I kept putting in Kiyoshi in in place of Suki. I did that too. <laughs> really? I did the, yeah, literally, I, I had to correct myself like two different times while writing this. It was a combination of like the Kiyoshi warriors being a factor of the recap and also because we've been recapping Shadow Kiyoshi for a long time. Yeah. That I'm just, I just kept putting Kiyoshi instead of Suki. Um, so yeah, if I if I keep tripping up, then that's why. Oh, good but yeah so we now we got this like first flashback and um we got this relationship kind of planted to, between suki and mingja um and that'll be explored later on in the flashbacks um so we cut back to the boiling rock 
Suki practices her Kiyoshi warrior forms in her prison cell, and she notices a clump of dumpling weeds in the corner of her room, um, and she reminisces how it's a piece of Kiyoshi Island with her in the cell. Um, later on in the cafeteria, Suki overhears another prisoner complain about the food, and Suki introduces herself, and the prisoner also introduces herself as Bayou. She begins to tell her about the Kyoshi warriors and how they lost a battle against Princess Azula. Impressed, Bayou tells her that she was a thief and that the reason she was sent to the Boiling Rock was because she stole the heart of the son of a prominent general of the Fire Nation. Suki uh, empathizes and gives her a handful of dumpling weed to add to the prison slop. Suki proposes to Bayou that they save half the dumpling seeds to plant more, share the dumplings with the other prisoners, and then maybe with enough strength they will be strong enough to overthrow the guards and escape the prison. So essentially what's happening is that the the guards are feeding them this slop that is like barely enough to kind of like keep, keep them, them alive, alive um, and purposefully meant to weaken them. Yep. Um, so we flash back again <clears throat> to Suki's past where she and Ming Jia talk about how low the village's food reserves are. Ming Jia su uh, suggests that they open the borders to buy supplies from the other nations. Suki, though, says that Avatar Kiyoshi would disagree as she removed them from the mainland for a reason. Her friend replies that Kiyoshi never could have predicted they would be facing famine and starvation, and so they have to ask the leaders to reach out for help. But she refuses to change her mind, and she still believes that Kiyoshi Islands should open its borders and stop hiding away in isolation. When she adds that she is going to talk to the to the village leaders about her idea, she asks for Suki's support, but she says she cannot do that. So I wanted to ask you, what do we think Kiyoshi would have done in this situation? Well, I mean, she created Kiyoshi Island because they were, you know, Chen the Conqueror, you know, trying to keep them away from him. Hmm. So I think in this case, like, I mean, especially because Kiyoshi grew up in, you know, the kind of squalor and knowing what it's like to go without. I think she'd be fine with like them opening the borders to make sure that they were being taken care of and like, you know, bringing in food and supplies and things like that. I think she'd be okay with that. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I would, I would say, I would say I would agree probably based on the Kiyoshi that we know from the novels, how Kiyoshi feels about that at the end, closer to the end of her life is hard to decide. Maybe she exactly. be became a little more, uh, stricter or maybe even paranoid about you know kiyoshi island being associated with the other nations or maybe even like you know kind of like you know the island provides everything you need you know why would you have to go to the other nations but obviously it's not mm -hmm. um but yeah i don't really know i would say the kiyoshi from the novels yes kiyoshi later on in her life uh we we just don't know exactly it's a mystery yeah so after Ming Jia's proposal is rejected, she decides to leave the island. She claims that she cannot turn her back on the world the way Kiyoshi wants them to, and that there are people she wants to meet and experiences she wants to have. So, yeah, that friendship is essentially broken up, uh, but they do leave amicably. Um, so, yeah. Back to the prison, Suki and Bayou sneak into their secret garden that they've hidden into the corner of a prison. Another prisoner keeping watch, Han, warns them that the governor, I'm sorry, the warden is coming to do a surprise inspection. They hide in the laundry piles as the warden arrives, and after making sure everything is in order, the man leaves and Suki and Bayou come out of hiding before sitting down with the three other inmates so they can share some vegetables. Um, Bayou no notices that Suki is uh, very popular with the inmates, in that there starts to, like, this theme of, like, community and 
um, common survival starts to take place. And that Suki says that, you know, if if I help them, then I can trust that they will help me, you know. Mm-hmm. So again, flashing back to the village, Suki is helping Ji, one of her friends, to clean up the mess that the Fire Nation left after Aang's visit in season one of Avatar. Suki confesses that she has been thinking about how they have refused to help the people suffering because of the war and that they should not remain separate from the rest of the world while the Fire Nation is destroying homes, homes and villages. And I'm just, I just had to chuckle at this point because I was just like, so is Kyoshi Island pretty much Wakanda? I didn't even think of that. <laughs> like, they keep talking about, like, the isolationism and, like, opening up their borders to help other people. And I'm like, so, Wakanda. Wakanda. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't even think of that. We keep making so many Marvel and Star Wars parallels. I just think it's funny. But I don't know. But they're are we there. Gonna, are we going to do, are we gonna do a Marvel and Avatar parallels video? I mean, a video episode sometime? That could be fun. That could definitely mm-hmm. be fun. Um, let's put a pin in that. Let's put a pin in that. Uh, Suki says she now understands their friend's rejection of the island's isolationism and that it should be their job, just like the avatars, to involve themselves in the world's problems in order to help people because they are Kyoshi warriors and they have spent their whole lives training to protect those in need both in and out of the island. At least three of the other Kyoshi warriors agree to accompany Suki and they later leave on a ship. And yeah, I think obviously I think Suki made the right decision, even if it did end up and even if it did end her up end where up she is now. <laughs> yeah. Um, but yeah, what do you think of it so far? We're about the halfway midpoint. What were you thinking like kind of like halfway through the the comic book at this point? I'm just happy that we got a Suki story finally, like a Suki centric story. Mm-hmm. I was very happy to see more about her childhood and like you know, a little bit of what it was like to grow up on Kyoshi Island and, you know, even a little bit on how like the world perceived a little bit more on how the world or rather like the little world that is Kyoshi Island perceives Kyoshi besides with such reverence, like also right. just like what other aspects of Kyoshi's like philosophy or beliefs that they still apply to, yeah. you know, their way of life there. Um, again, just so happy that Suki gets more, more like not really screamed you know kind of screen time page time i guess page time (laughs) yeah yeah we just get to know a little bit more about her yeah and i also like that um again it seems to be following the formula we get with with the alone episodes about like they're on their own and we also get flashbacks to their past to kind of explain how they end up there um but yeah i i like being able to see how suki went from living on kiyoshi island to becoming the leader of the kiyoshi warriors i think that's really cool um but yeah so we're gonna get into suki island part two in a little bit but first we're gonna take a quick break and we will see you after that hey everyone andre here before we get into the second half of the episode we just wanted to remind everyone to check to make sure you are following the avatar hour podcast on your favorite podcast platform of choice and if that platform has a rating system please consider leaving us a review and some feedback with subscribers and reviews it allows us to reach future listeners and help the podcast grow in the long run thanks for listening and now back to the show and we're back with more of Suki alone. So back to the cafeteria. Suki is giving one of her fellow prisoners some of the beans that they've grown to improve the food that he's eating and tells him to be careful about it because, you know, they don't want people knowing. And of course, he isn't subtle enough. And one of the guards catches him putting it in his food and start harassing him for it. Mm-hmm. Other prisoners then start to stand up against the guards, shouting about how the food is crap and how they deserve better treatment. And a little riot starts, just a little one. Uh, Suki joins in the fight, but then the guards start to fire a bend, which stops the fight. All the prisoners involved get thrown into solitary confinement. 
Suki remains hopeful despite her situation in solitary confinement. And after some time, the guards collect her and take her to the warden's office where he has, you know, he has some of the beans that they were growing laid out on his desk. Um, He then interrogates her about the situation with the garden. And she's just like, well, I don't know. I don't know what you're talking about. I've never seen those things in my life kind of thing. (laughs) Um, And he tells her that the, like, sorry, let's try that again. He then tells her that the garden that she's growing is interrupting the balance of the boiling rock. Suki says that this is a chance to build community and hope that one day that they'll all escape from there. The warden then reveals that one of their own betrayed them. She has no real friends here and is completely alone. Roll credits. Uh, <laughs> everyone for themselves in the boiling rock. She then gets taken back to solitary confinement. And again, we don't know how long of a time period this has been because solitary confinement... Uh, Kind of hard to tell what day or time of day it is. Yeah. Um, well, especially so. if this happens, like, because Appa's last days or Appa alone was in the middle of season two, mm-hmm. and then uh, there's like uh, I don't like a couple weeks gap between season two and season three, and then they don't get to the Boiler Rock till after the eclipse. So I mean, she's been in the prison for quite a long time. Yeah, I think she was in solitary confinement for what, like two weeks? I think it was. Maybe? I don't. I don't. I don't. Does it I don't say? At, I, thought it said, I thought it said. I thought that it. I thought I saw something that said that she was in there for two weeks, but I. I'm probably wrong. Anyway, um, so on her way back to her cell, her solitary confinement cell, Suki notices that Bayou is wearing different clothes and talking to a guard. So once she gets thrown back into her cell, she tries reminding herself over and over again that she's not alone. She flashed back to Suki working with different refugees in the Earth Kingdom where she runs into Ningja, her old friend. Suki then fills her old friend in on what she and the other Kyoshi warriors are doing with the war effort and then apologizes for, to her friend for not supporting her before. Ningja forgives her pretty quickly and introduces her to her new friends and girlfriend. Yay mm-hmm. for casual career representation. Had to do a little cheer for that. Um, Ningja says that she and her group are heading to Ba Sing Se as well. And before they go, Suki tells her that she thought she'd never see her again. And her friend replies that she knew that they'd see each other again somehow because they are sisters and they hug. Mm -hmm. Again, that theme of sisterhood and community and friendship. Love that. Exactly. I think this might have been from uh, the two weeks might have come from the Avatar wiki, I think. I just checked. It was two weeks. Yes. Okay. So two weeks after Suki was thrown in solitary confinement, she's released back to her fellow prisoners. She then asks where Bayou is and finds out that she now has special treatment because she turned them in. Mm-hmm. And Suki just angrily walks off, rightfully so, and then ambushes Bayou in, the, in a spot where there aren't any guards and confronts her about her betrayal. Bayou said that she did it out of a need for survival and clearly is not regretting anything because she gets special treatment now, and then tells her, that's the difference between you and me, Suki. You need to be a part of a community. I don't. Mm. Ouch. And clearly, Suki must have thought of her as almost as one of her Kiyoshi warrior sisters, but clearly this wasn't the case. Yeah. In a fit of rage, and honestly, I don't blame her for it, uh, Suki lifts her up and pushes her against the banisters. Bayou, terrified now, says that she's sorry. Suki then throws her back down to the ground, and Bayou calls her a coward as she walks off. She goes back to her cell and starts walking through her Kiyoshi warrior stances again as a form of meditation. And back, flashbacks to her Kiyoshi warrior past start to show up in her memory as she does, remembering working with her sisters, all of that. Mm-hmm. But this time, she's not able to fully convince herself that she's not 100% alone in this, and she breaks down. She starts feeling the full emotional impact of being locked in prison, away from her family, 
and, of course, Bayou's betrayal. But suddenly, the spirit of Avatar Kiyoshi appears in her cell and reminds her that she isn't alone and that her friends love her and have not abandoned her. Aww. So sweet. She then tries to reach out to touch Kiyoshi's spirit, but she disappears. So obviously this vision comforts Suki a little, and she goes back to sitting down again. Then it, then it pans out from the prison in a way, you know, I say pans out because it's just the way I can picture right. it in an episode. Yeah. It zooms out from the prison to reveal the Fire Nation hot air balloon and Sokka and Zuko coming to rescue her. And that ends the comic. Love that. Love that. So, so do you th- do you think, I was going to ask you, do you think um, this vision of Avatar Kiyoshi was an actual spiritual projection or um, something that Suki, like, sort of subconsciously needed to see? Like, what do you think? Hmm. I've been kind of debating that myself, actually. Um, I mean, two weeks in solitary confinement can fuck with you. Yeah. Like, I mean, the impact is still the same, no matter how we got there. I was just wondering, just, like, from the logistics of how we know how, like, the Avatar spirit... Although, Roku did show up to Zhang Zhang... Yeah. In that episode. So it could it could actually be Kiyoshi. You know what? I'm just going to say yes, it is Kiyoshi. Mm-hmm. Um, that's what I want it to be. <laughs> exactly. I mean, it leaves it open. So, I mean, you're, yeah. you're completely entitled. Yeah. I, I want to say it's actually Kiyoshi as well. Um, I think yeah. Kiyoshi is definitely capable of that kind of compassion and would want to do that, you know? Oh, yeah. It's not a question of whether Kiyoshi would do something like that. It's it, I was just wondering, like, it is it her, actually yeah, the spirit the of, of the Kiyoshi? Universe. Yeah. Or is just, you know, Suki kind of conjuring that for herself? I think it um, actually is Kiyoshi. Yeah, I think so, too. Um, and yeah, and it, and it completely goes right into the Boiling Rock episode. So, yeah. Well, we'll see that in a few recaps from now. <laughs> yeah, and it was, I wish I had known, well, actually, no, I didn't. I was going to say, I wish I knew it ended like that so we could put it closer to the Boiler Arc episode, but it kind but, of, it covers such a long stretch of time that, you know, and, you know, we've already covered both the Kyoshi novels, so we're not really going for chronology so much anymore. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> but that was great. I'm so glad we got a Suki story. Like, Yes. I just love that, like, people have kind of rallied around Suki, like, people like as far as i've seen in the fandom like people just really like suki yeah they're not I mean, what's wrong not to like about her what's not to like about her i mean look at her she's like helping to like even before like she has a rescue team coming for her she's already preparing to escape exactly like, and trying to help other people on her way she's lifting other people up with her and yeah. i think that's fucking awesome <laughs> yeah lifting other people with her opening wakanda's borders absolutely i love it <laughs> Yes. Uh, so I think we have some tidbits from Avatar Wiki, some of the Easter eggs behind the scenes stuff. Yeah. So Avatar Wiki has a section. They have a trivia and a goofs section. And I kind of wanted to discuss the the goofs section. Obviously, continuity. We're all, there's always going to be like you know things aren't always going to line up. It's just we're we're human. It happens. Yeah. Um, but I just wanted to. There was just a couple of them that I felt were like could have been avoided if. A, a, a revisitation of the Kiyoshi episode had happened. Yeah. I just want to talk about it. I'm not like slandering the writers or anything, but I just want to talk about it. Mm-hmm. So one of them is in the course of the comic, Suki refers to herself as the leader of the Kiyoshi warriors, despite only being the leader of a Kiyoshi warrior group representing one of several villages of the island, which is true. The village we mm-hmm. see in that episode is not the only village. 
she might have been the leader of that group that decided to leave. I think that's maybe what the comic book was getting at. Mm-hmm. But, but I mean, she seemed to be a leader, major player, major leader in the, you know, Kyoshi Warriors episode. Yeah, so. yeah. And I don't know if that's just because of just that's just the group that we see. So, I mean, obviously, every group is probably going to have a leader. Um, but pro- I think it's saying like she's not the <clears throat> leader of like all of the. There must mm-hmm. be like a top leader or something. I don't know. Uh, that could be interesting to explore. Yeah, give us um, more. Give us more Suki comics. Yeah, exactly. Give, give us, us just, more. Su- give us a Suki novel. <laughs> <laughs> so um, the other one is the comic ignores many basic facts known about Kyoshi Island. It ignores the confirmed existence of other villages besides Suki on the island. The fact that the island is known to be a popular stop for traders and travelers. Its status as part of the Earth Kingdom and the fact that a governor rules the island. Uh, I'm going to throw a flag down only on that last part because that comes from the Avatar Extras from Nicktoons Network, which mm-hmm. is questionable in its validity as canon. We talked about that before. Um, just throwing that out there. But that again, the same thing, other villages being on her island. Um, it also says the comic portrays the island once being threatened by famine due to agricultural crop failures, not addressing the that fishing has traditionally provided Kyoshi Island with a second food supply to the point of elephant koi being the island's main export. And the comic claims that Kyoshi Island has closed its borders and did not trade in food with outsiders during the 100-year war, despite the fact that the, the Warriors of Kyoshi episode has the island trading fish with the mainland Earth Kingdom as a major plot point as this allows Zuko to discover Team Avatar's presence on the island. Uh... That one to me was kind of like, again, a big thing to kind of miss. Yeah. Like, especially if that's a big part of how Zuko finds them. Mm-hmm. It's like, we don't uh, often find these kinds of things with Avatar. So when we do, it feels like extra bad. I don't know why, but that to me is like, I feel like we we probably should have watched that episode a couple more times before yeah. reading this comic. Yeah. Again, love the comic, but that oh, to yeah. me is like a... Kind of like, oh, just pay attention. Like, it's all about yeah. details, guys. Ooh. Yeah. And, it, and it's, rough. you know what it is? It's only because FCE did such a great job with making sure that the canon continuity was intact. We've been spoiled. We've been spoiled, but it's also kind of like the standard and the bar has been set. So we mm-hmm. kind of expect every bit of Avatar content to kind of meet that. Whether you think that's reasonable or not is your yeah. decision, but. Yeah, that's why that's why I said we've been spoiled because we've had such good Avatar content with Kyoshi. Yeah. Like, and perfect in the continuity of it but like yeah like you said the bar has been set for it so yeah and also avatar wiki had the same question that i did and it says at the start of the comic azula tries to taunt suki by referencing her relationship with Sokka. however in the show she only learned of suki's relationship in the episode the crossroads of destiny long after the interaction as portrayed in the comic so that was also a question i had and that comes from the actual show so you know but yeah, I don't know. There there was just some things where I just like was like it doesn't ruin the comic by any means, but Mm-mm. because Avatar is traditionally so great in its continuity, when it's not, it's much more noticeable. Egregious. Yeah, egregious, sure. <laughs> um it's pronounced and, egregious. <laughs> exactly. And then the trivia bit is is just talking about how the title is reminiscent of the episode Suku Alone and Korra Alone. And that Suki Alone is the last standalone graphic novel in what Rachel Roberts, the editor of Dark Horse Comics, has called a theme trilogy of the awesome ladies of Avatar. 
The others being Guitar and the Pride Silver and Toph Beifeng's Metal Bending Academy, which we will eventually get to. Don't know when, because we're not going by chronolog- uh, chronological timelines. But Clearly. <laughs> clearly. Um, but yeah, I think that wraps up our discussion of Suki alone. It good. Suki alone good. It good. <laughs> <laughs> All right, let's move on to Fane Corner. Kayla, you have something from TikTok this week? Yes, maybe we'd spice things up a little. I sent this to Andre a few days ago, and wonderful it's from actually yes. i think we've done um when we did our after hour on avatar tiktok mm-hmm. um we did a couple we reacted to a couple of this person's videos uh which is and i think we did one on the main show as well yes that's right we did yeah if you thought cora was intense for being pg-13 when avatar was pg <laughs> wait till you hear about the rated r kiyoshi book <laughs> the rise of kiyoshi is so brutal people in my comments are always saying oh avatar is not really for children it's actually very mature the kiyoshi books are literally for adults there are so many horrifically brutal deaths in this book Aang's story is about him bringing peace to the four nations in a way that aligns with his pacifist nature kiyoshi's story is about her becoming a master assassin so that she can kill the man who murdered the people closest to her not only does it feature one of the most terrifying villains i've ever read about but it's also like weirdly hot yoshi's girlfriend who's an absolute dom <laughs> is constantly like teasing her with light fire bending while she's trying to do squats it's so weird it's so weird <laughs> it's so accurate though yeah <laughs> i love it though god it just made me miss the kiyoshi books even more already yeah God. So I figured that'd be a great way to wrap up our time with Kiyoshi, especially because Kiyoshi appears in this. Right. Worked out well. Totally planned it. Definitely not a last minute addition to this show. <laughs> yeah. That's been, <laughs> that's been planned for weeks, actually. Um, this doc right here, it's been it's been in the works for two months. You know, definitely not. Definitely not 24 hours. 24, 24 hours. hours. <laughs> <laughs> so All right. Uh, moving on from our inadeptness to plan anything for this podcast, um, Kayla, what are your recommendations for the week? Okay, so I mean, I probably sh- I'm not even sure if I should even say that I recommend this, but like I'm just gonna say it anyway. I liked it. Um, everybody's talking about Jamie. It's a new uh, Amazon movie. Instead of uh-huh. watching that Cinderella, a terrible Cinderella movie, watch everybody's talking about Jamie instead. It's actually a better musical. Um, mm. Essentially, everybody's talking about Jamie is a. Uh, it was originally a West End musical based on a mm-hmm. true story um, where Jamie, the main character, wants to wear a dress to prom and him kind of dealing with like being a gender nonconforming gay boy and also kind of his journey into becoming a drag queen. Um, the drag queen storyline doesn't seem to be as quite as prevalent as I thought it would be, but still the drag queen storyline is really interesting, especially because I think they added a song about the drag queen, his drag mother, drag mentor, uh, and like kind of exploring a little bit of, you know, British LGBTQ history um, with like the protests that happened during the AIDS crisis in England, you know? Mm -hmm. So there was, I really liked it. The music was pretty damn good. I like, I think they definitely made a good use of the movie musical that it's like, you know, they have some, I think they, the way they use the music is awesome. Mm -hmm. I think my favorite song from it is, I can't remember the name of the, the title of it, but it's a song that the, drag mother sings about like her past um as like you know when she was kind of like younger and in her prime about Mm -hmm. like what it meant to be a drag queen during the 80s during the height of the AIDS epidemic so I 
I really, I enjoyed it a lot. I kind of had to, I was trying to watch it in the time before going to work. So I did have to skim through it because <laughs> I really wanted to finish it. Um, so I'm going to go back and rewatch it. But what I saw, I actually enjoyed. And it's not, it's also like, I think it's one of my favorite, like bits of favorite queer, one of my favorite queer movies now, because it's not just about like the tragedy of being queer. Like there yeah. are some like aspects where Jamie deals with homophobia from his father and from other people around him, but it's not just about that. You know, Uh, so I like that because it's definitely a lot happier than a lot of other queer movies out there. Not that sad queer movies are bad because there's some sad aspects of our history and sad aspects that come with the queer experience. But it's not the the tragedy and the sadness is not everything about being queer, you know. Mm -hmm. So I really enjoyed everybody's talking about Jamie from what I saw of it. I'm going to rewatch it entirely so that way I can get the full picture. But what I saw, I enjoyed a lot. Amazon Prime. Nice. So watch nice. that in Cinderella. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Jesus Christ. Yeah. <laughs> so what do you recommend this week, Andre? I'm also kind of with you. I don't know if I recommend it. It's just something I think I liked. <laughs> so this morning, um, me and my boyfriend, he decided to put on Q-Force. I've been which, seeing that on TikTok a lot, actually. Yeah, it's, it's been getting some attention on TikTok. Um, it's an adult animated show essentially about this group of queer spies um and i've seen someone describe it as it's making fun of gay people but it's in a way of how gay people make fun of other gay people and i think i have to agree (laughs) hi gay yeah um i've seen some clips from it i saw the one with like like i think one of the one of the members is a drag queen it's like Ariana Grande out to make a big stir at the Abbey. Yeah. Like, the gays love me and I love them. Shout out to my gay brother Frankie, who yeah. is gay. Yeah. <laughs> like I keep yeah, seeing it's, that. It's very that. Like it's um, it's got like your typical kind of stereotypes, but it, it to me feels like like um they're like reclaiming all the stereotypes and like turning it around into a positive way. I was kind of nervous when that first trailer came out you know q force that like you know i was like oh no it doesn't paint it in a very flattering light especially like there are there are some things like in the past netflix has done kind of like questioningly about queer stuff but yeah i don't know i'm not gonna say it's like great and i I don't i'm yeah i'm already kind of biased because i don't really love adult animation i Um, do but it's it I'll was enjoyable. I laughed. I laughed a couple of times. Okay, that's so. I I would recommend it if if you want something to make you laugh. But yeah, I can see I've... I can see how it wouldn't be everybody's like kind of cup of tea. It's just mm-hmm. you just kind of have to be a little loose with it and just kind of enjoy it for what it is. See, I know Netflix did try to get like super drags, which is another kind of queer and adult animated series about like mm-hmm. superpowered drag queens, and I watched it and I'm like, Ugh. like. <laughs> Yeah, I watch a lot of it. I watch like a good amount of adult animation. Um, so like I was kind of just like, Jesus, I can't get into this at all. Um, yeah. But Q Force definitely, especially from the clips that I've seen, especially with um the butch lesbian character they have on there, where she's mm-hmm. like, it's like, wow, you're really good at flirting with straight men. She's like, well, straight men are just like lesbians with longer cargo shorts and like you know yeah. uh, that like yeah. like you know what is it and like they're full of evil or something like. That. <laughs> yeah, and that character is voiced by Wanda Sykes, who I love. I think, okay, I was gonna say that was that yeah. Wanda Sykes. Yeah. Yeah, so she made like a she made a fast car reference with like you know like it has the entire discography of Ch- Tracy Chapman in this car, mm-hmm. so you know it's a fast car. <laughs> like, yeah, yeah. There's like the that. second episode is about them um crashing like a lesbian barbecue, and there's a joke about um 
how like this couple just met and like they merged bank accounts on the first date and i'm like okay that's funny (laughs) i love that it's like yeah it's like stereotypes but they're reclaiming it and making it funny and positive so i don't mind it yeah it's like it's it's, you hold jokes done by exactly exactly it just hits different Exactly. It's, I mean, it's, I love that. I'll have to check it out because I'm, I'm a fan of Archer and I know Archer has a lot of like problematic stuff in it. So mm. that's why I'm kind of like getting away from it a little bit. But I've heard that if you like, if you like Archer and that kind of like spy humor kind of stuff, like spy workplace comedy humor, yeah, you'd like this because it's not quite that, that bad because there's some, there's, there's some choices and jokes that they make mm-hmm. in Archer. I'm like, oh, I should, don't laugh. Yeah. And I've only watched the first two episodes. So I don't know if it, if it, gets into any of that later on it gets a little it gets a little better but it's still very much off color humor that like i kind of fallen off the archer bandwagon over the years so like kind of gone downhill uh but i will check out q force for sure it looks like fun awesome cool Right. Well, and of course, as always, if you'd like some extra Avatar hour in your life, consider subscribing to our exclusive Patreon for as little as $1 a month or as much as $5 a month at patreon.com slash the Avatar Hour podcast for amazing benefits, including access to our show notes, ad-free Avatar Hour, and of course, our flagship benefit, the Avatar After Hour. And you can follow us on social media on Twitter at Avatar Hour and at the Avatar Hour podcast on Instagram and Facebook. And if you want your voice to make a special appearance on the show, feel free to record your theories or any feedback about the show you have on the Voice Memo app on your phone. And you can email them over to the Avatar Hour podcast at gmail.com and we will play them live on the show. It'll be like you're making like a guest appearance. Yes. Um, but yeah, that's it for this week, I think. Awesome. Well, thank you all so much for listening. As always, we will see you next week. Until then, I'm Kayla. And I'm Andre. Bye. Bye, guys. Bye.